Hey friends, this is Josh Blair, and I'm the pastor of Central Valley Church, and this is our podcast. My prayer for you today is that the message you hear will encourage you and inspire you to walk closer with Jesus this week. Advent is this season that we're in. It's a church season on the church calendar that talks about arrival. That's what Advent means, arrival. Expecting the arrival of Jesus. And uh, over 2,000 years ago, people were expecting the arrival of Jesus to show up in a manger in Bethlehem. But even today, we should have expectancy for the arrival of Jesus in our hearts and in, even in this moment right now. I would, I would pray that you have expectancy for the arrival of Jesus to minister to your heart this morning because he wants to. He's here to draw you close, and that's what he's wanting to do. He loves it when his people worship him so that he can draw close. It says in, the, in Scripture that, that the, the Spirit of God inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits. That means he dwells in the praises. So we've worshipped him. We've praised him. That means he is dwelling here, and I pray that you feel him. Last week, we talked about the gift of grace given to us by Jesus. The grace that not only helps us to find salvation in Christ, but helps us to overcome the issues that are, just, that are defeating us every day. That God gives His grace, and when He gives it, His grace, He gives it because He loves us, and He wants us to be transformed by the power of His grace to live abundant lives. Jesus said He came to give us life and life more abundantly. And if we believe that sin leads to death, not just death in hell for eternity, but death here and now, death in relationships, death in bodies, death in finances, sin leads to death here and now, that God's grace wants to conquer the sin that will lead to death in your life today. And he gives you that grace. And this morning, I want to, I want to speak about another gift that Jesus gives us, and it is the gift of adoption. The gift of adoption. And um, when, I, when I first started reading in, in, in Scripture, there's a passage in Romans where Paul, where Paul and we're going to dive into it here in a moment, but Paul talks about the Spirit, that the, the, the Holy Spirit didn't give us the, the, the spirit of slavery, but the spirit of adoption. And I thought, this is interesting. That's interesting. Why would God have to adopt us if he's already created us? He's our creator where we belong to him. He's our father. Why would he have to adopt us? Um, and we're going to talk about it in a moment. But I want to show you this video. So uh, let's watch this video together, and then we'll dive into the message. Adoption is a beautiful thing, isn't it? And I love that through her adoption process for her child, she's reminded that we've been adopted by, by God through Jesus. Like I said earlier, I was a bit confused growing up because I grew up in Sunday school. I grew up in church hearing about God created us and he's our father. And I thought, why would he need to adopt us if, he, if we already belonged to him? Well, there was an issue in Genesis, if you've read about it, where Adam and Eve, that God who'd created him, decided to reject his fatherhood, reject his authority, and decided to do their own thing. You know this part of the scripture? They decided to sin and disobey, and because of that, they rejected God as their father. You can see it actually throughout scripture, even in the nation of Israel, God was their king, and they said, no, give us a man. They rejected his kingship. It seems like every time God is wanting to love on us, we continue to push him away. Anybody ever done that? We're wanting God's love, and, and then we say, no, we want to do it ourselves. We can do it on our own. We keep pushing him and pushing him away. But the goodness of God says, even when you reject me, I still choose you. And the beauty of adoption is this choice of choosing us and running after us. Sin 
because of the disobedience of Adam and Eve, sin had made us orphans. Sin had separated us. That's what sin does, doesn't it? Sin continues to separate us from God. Sin drives us away from God. Doesn't, sin doesn't push God away. Sin pushes us away from God. When we choose to run after sin instead of running towards God. Sin is the opposite of running towards God. And sin makes us orphans. Sin, sin makes us lonely, doesn't it? Sin makes us anxious. It makes us depressed. It makes us think that we're, what we're chasing after will fulfill us only to leave us more empty than, than when we first started chasing it. Sin is continually wanting to isolate and push you away from God. And sin will continue to do that as long as we chase after it. Sin wants to make you an orphan because it always wants to leave you alone, desperate, and dying. I was reading an article recently about foster care and the importance of having stable, caring, and loving homes for children that have been separated from their families. Do you know that there is a crisis right now uh, in the United States uh, of children that have been removed from their homes because of abuse or neglect, and there's no safe place for them to go? They are in desperate need for foster care, and there are people who are giving foster care a bad name because they want the money, but they don't care for the child. Uh, and, they, and they find more neglect and more abuse in home after home. There was one that they were stating in the state of Washington where there was a three-year-old who's had 17 different homes that she's been in in the three years that she's been in foster care. And foster care, in this study that I was reading, it said that children that don't have that stability grow up with anxiety. They grow up with worry. They're... They're not only cautious, they're suspicious of all, all authority. And they, they, they don't quite know how to handle some of those things. And they don't have a, a stable, secure, safe place to rest. And it reminded me, uh, as people without Jesus, people in our world today have been, have been continually needing to medicate, either through, through physicians or self-medicating, the worry and the anxiety and the depression and the feeling of loneliness that we continue to suffer in our society. And I happen to think it's because we've been orphaned from our Father. Because we're not in His home. We don't have the safety and the security and the comfort of being at home with Papa. And so our society is wrestling and, 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 and trying to figure out what, it looks, what life looks like. And the solution is finding a home in Jesus. And the beauty of this Christmas season is that Jesus came and was born not in a home but in a manger so that we could be given a home in Him. And that's what Jesus wants to do through the spirit of adoption this morning. In the spirit of adoption, in this world that's been turned upside down by sin, we don't know what's up anymore. The Bible tells us that in the last days, good would be called evil Evil would be called good, and I can't help but watch the news and see it unfolding right before my eyes. What we know is wrong, the world says is right. What we know is right, the world says is wrong, and it's because sin has isolated us and orphaned us from the only Father that we should really, truly know. In fact, the Gospel of John talks about this, and it says there's a benefit of knowing Jesus here in the earth. When, God, when John starts his gospel, he begins to tell us of the work that Jesus is doing, and he shares about the benefits of 
coming to know Him and receiving this gift of adoption, especially during Christmas. And John chapter 1, verse, starting in verse 12, says this, But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. John is referring to the gift based on the love that God has given us called through adoption. Although he does not specifically use that word here, Paul does. And we first see the word adoption in the New Testament through the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking to the Romans. And he's wanting us to be reminded that if you're in the family of God, you've been adopted into the family. Because you once we were, we were once, the Bible tells us, that we were, uh, instead of being family or children of God because of sin, we became his enemy. So instead of being his children, we became his enemy. But Jesus came while we were still sinners, died for us so that we could become again his family. And the Apostle Paul says this term in Romans. He's speaking to the Roman church. He says in verse, or chapter uh, 8, starting in verse 14, says, For all who were led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. Paul's reminding the Christians at Rome that when a person becomes a follower of Jesus, they receive the Holy Spirit into their lives and they have become a recipient of the gift of adoption into the family of God. Not only has their status changed as a son or a daughter of the king, but they also become rightful heirs with Christ to all that comes with being a part of the family of God. This God who has done this great gift of adoption making us the kids is something that he does on his own. It's not something that we could earn or work up on ourselves. And the beautiful thing about this idea of adoption found in scriptures, uh, biblical scholars agree that this term is not a religious term of adoption. It's a legal term. It's a term that, uh, that Paul borrows from Roman law. In, in Jewish law, there was never something, there was never a structure set up for adoption. It was just if, if, uh, if, a, if a, a parent died, if a father died, his brother immediately resumed uh, the, the father, the nature of the father in that relationship for those children. It was just, this is how it's supposed to be. So there was no code of adoption written, except in Rome there was. And what's powerful about Roman adoption is that we, we see it most often when, uh, when a ruler is wanting to transfer power to another. So the first major adoption that we know that is the most famous is Julius Caesar, Julius Caesar adopting Augustus, making him Caesar Augustus. All right? he, he adopts, his name is Octavius, but then he changes his name to Augustus. And then Octavius adopts the next one to follow him, Tiberius, then Tiberius adopts Nero, and they adopt from there on out this lineage of adopting their heir to be the new ruler. This was happening when Paul was writing this passage about adoption. What's powerful about Roman law when it comes to adoption is that inheritance was given not when the father passed, but immediately when they became adopted. There was now, you are now inheriting everything that belongs to your father is now yours in Roman law. In Roman law, 
there was this, uh, this caveat that, that children that are born biologically can be rejected by their parents. If the parent didn't want the child or it came out and it was, it was most dominantly if it was a girl and they didn't want the girl, they would give the girl away or they would, they, they would if they didn't want the child or they couldn't raise the child, they would abandon the child. But in Roman law, it says if you adopt a child, they are permanently yours. You cannot abandon them. If you have chosen the child to be your heir, you cannot walk away from them. This is Roman law. In Roman law, a child was freely chosen by the parents, thus demonstrating that they are desired by the parents and that they were permanent to be a part of the family. They could never be disowned. In an adopted child, they received a new identity. Any prior commitments or responsibilities or even debts were erased. The beautiful thing about Roman law, they didn't adopt, predominantly they just didn't adopt children, they adopt full-grown people. Like full-grown. If I was like, Jay, guess what, bro? I'm adopting you. I feel it. I want it to happen. You're now my son. Like that just happened. They didn't, thank you. Thank you. You said it's mutual. Uh, thank you. They could adopt full-grown people. Full-grown people that had pasts. Full-grown people that had debts, that had prior commitments, that had other responsibilities. And the moment there was an adoption made, typically the one who was adopting was in a higher status than the one they were adopting. The moment they did it, those responsibilities, those commitments, those debts were wiped away. And they were given a new name and a new identity. By Paul saying, God has adopted you, he has declared to you this morning that whatever past commitments, responsibilities, or debts because of your past sin or the things that you've done in the past or mistakes, he says, I have washed away, I have given you a new identity and a new name in Christ today. That is the beauty of adoption. And sometimes we miss, we miss what Paul is saying there when he says, you've been given the spirit of adoption because we think, it's only for children, and once we turn 18, we're on our own. But God is saying, no, this form of adoption that I've established is to make you a part of my family and an heir right now. Roman law said that if adoption happened, they inherited all that belonged to the Father now in this moment. They didn't have to wait for death to inherit what was given to them. And so many of us as followers of Jesus, we are waiting to walk in the inheritance of Christ, thinking that our inheritance comes after death in heaven. But God has said, no, I have given you abundant life here on earth to walk in right now. I adopted you to be a ruler on this earth right now. I have given you authority over the enemy right now. I have given you grace to conquer the sin that tries to destroy you and lead you to death right now. You don't have to wait to die to inherit what I've given you. I have given you a seat beside me now, right now. The Bible tells us that we are, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ right now. Right now in this moment. Do you feel that way? Do you know that you were adopted by Christ to rule? Not, not, to, not to be slaves to your former past or your mistakes or the struggles of your life, but to overcome those. The Bible says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. How does that happen? Because you've been adopted and you are co-heirs with Christ and you've given an inheritance now in this moment. The gift of adoption as sons and daughters 
We've been lifted up into a new family status and made co-heirs with Christ. I love what Paul says. He talks again about it, this phenomenon of adoption in Galatians chapter 4. It says, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that you may receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. Crying, Abba, Father. Abba meaning Daddy. Crying, Daddy, Father. So you are no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Paul just described the why of Christmas. God, when the fullness of time had come, had sent his son Jesus, born in a manger of a virgin, to redeem us and to adopt us as his own. And when we receive this gift of adoption that came through Jesus at Christmas and we put our faith in Him, our hope and trust in Him, He forgives us of our sin and and we become at peace with the Father and we walk in in the fullness of life that He comes to give us. We have peace with God and peace knowing that not only are we saved from sin, death, Satan and hell, but we also have peace knowing that we are secure in the family with our Heavenly Father who loves us unconditionally with a perfect kind of love. We are no longer wandering, bouncing from home to home to home, looking for a place to rest our heads, looking for a place of security and comfort. We have found it in this family, in the family of God. We are no longer orphans. We are children of God. We are no longer bound by sin. We have freedom Because of Christ. We are no longer conquered by every whim of our flesh. Now we have become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Through the gift of adoption. He has given us His power, His love, His peace, and His freedom. The Heavenly Father, His nature is to never turn us away. He always takes us in as His own. And even if earthly parents rejected you, even if they weren't, your family wasn't the perfect family situation here on earth, I believe that our Father in heaven has a place for you in His family if you'll receive the gift of adoption today. God wants you to be a part of His family. I love, I love what the psalmist says. David wrote Psalm 27, verse 10. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will take me in. Even if your father or your mother abandon you, the Lord will take you in. Even if you've been rejected by people, God will not reject you if you put your hope and faith in Jesus. Even if people have turned their backs on you and gossiped about you and slandered you, tried to smear your name through the mud, God will not abandon you if you'll come to him. And say, receive my love, receive the spirit of adoption, because I want you to be in my family. I want you to be my son. I want you to be my daughter. And it's come come through the gift of Jesus over 2,000 years ago. Jesus stepping into our world to break in so that we can break out in the power of Christ. Amen. Even if your mother or your father abandon you, the Lord 
will take you in. I feel that in my heart this morning. God is wanting to speak to somebody who's felt abandoned by family, by loved ones. God will take you in. Even if you had great parents, but they passed away and they're no longer with you, there's almost a sense of abandonment. God, why did they have to leave? Why did you have to take them? And God would even say to you this morning, even if your parents are no longer here for you, I am always here for you. I will never turn away. I love you. I love you. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, then you've been adopted into the family of God. You've been given an inheritance, not only one to come, but here and now. My question for you this morning is, how are you walking in that inheritance? Are you walking in joy? Are you walking in peace? Are you walking in love? Are you walking in freedom? Because that is the inheritance that Jesus has given you as a follower of Christ. You belong to Him. He gives you this life and life more abundantly. I would challenge you and encourage you this morning to ask the Lord to help you understand what you inherited from Him or the benefits of following Him and begin to walk it out. And say, God, I might not have peace today, but I'll have peace tomorrow. I may not be walking in joy right now, but I choose to walk in joy tomorrow. Or I choose to walk in joy right now in this moment. I may not feel your love, but I know it's there. It is inher- I've inherited the love of Christ. So I choose to, be, to know that I am loved by the Father. I choose it, whether I feel like it or not. Whether I've messed up or not. Whether I've chosen poorly or not. Because the enemy will always come to you to whisper in your ear that you are not loved, that you don't deserve it, that you're not worth it, that you're going to continue to mess up and slip up. But Jesus would say to you, if you put my hope, if you put your trust in me, then you have inherited my love. And you are, you are mine, and I cannot abandon you. I will always be with you. I have chosen you. I think, I think that's the beauty of Paul's language of adoption. Not only did God create us, Because he wanted us. He wanted to be in relationship with us. But even after we rejected him, he said, I'll still find my way around to you and adopt you back into my family that you left. He doubled down his fatherhood on us. (laughs) I love that. I'm your dad. No, you're not. Yes, I am. I adopt you back into my family. I love it. God loves you so much that he continues to chase after you. He says, I am your dad. Come find security in my home. Come find peace in my home. Come find love. Come find acceptance in my home. And then walk like a son and a daughter. Walk in the inheritance that I've given you. Because you've been adopted. And I've erased all your debts and all your past mistakes. All those things are dead and gone. Behold, I have made you a new creation in Christ Jesus. Don't allow the past to come back and try to claim something on you. You're no longer a part of that family. You're a part of the family of God. If you're not a follower of Jesus today, then sin has isolated you and pushed you away from your true Father in heaven. But He comes to you today, this morning, and He invites you back into His family. He says, I want to adopt you. I want to give you the full rights that I 
that my son Jesus paid for on the cross. I want to give you your freedom back. He wants to wipe out your past. He wants to remove the regret, the pain, and the punishment of your sin. Jesus took that punishment on the cross so that you wouldn't have to suffer. And he wants to invite you now, saying, I'll never abandon you. I'll never leave you. I'll never turn my back on you. Because he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And this Christmas, he offers you a seat at his table if you'll accept his free gift and turn to him today. Thanks for listening to this message. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to rate it and share it with your friends. It would help us out a lot. If you're interested in supporting the mission of Central Valley Church, go to cbcmadera.churchcenter.com for more information. We love you. God bless.